bitches, here I am. Podcast subjects are my jam. I'm gonna teach you about some shit. We're gonna keep going because we're too legit to quit. We, we have a what? <laughs> are you ready? Yes. of strange i'm ashley i'm tiffany and i'm rebecca thank you for joining us as we discuss the history mystery and theory of all things questionable odd and eerie hi guys hi hi happy recording day happy new year happy wine ha- yay happy new year so this releases january 3rd you ready for some poisons poison that goes poison rebecca would you like to start us off my poison is the bottle of wine in front of me that I want to drink all of. You have that ability. I any, do. any particular reason you want to drink all of it? Because I feel like it. Okay. <laughs> this, is one, this is one of those days, like, I just want to. Like, at lunch, I wanted to go to, like, a sushi buffet and then eat all the sushi. But there's not a sushi buffet because I work in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, fair. But we do have a really nice Kroger that has pretty good sushi. I mean, it's not the same, but it's okay when you're surrounded by what we're surrounded by and (laughs) more trees. It's decent sushi. In a dentist office? Apparently. That sushi guy there is really nice. So there's that. He always makes sure I have chopsticks. He's so sweet. Well, that's good. Because everyone loves the cheap peely chopsticks from Kroger. (laughs) He wants, so he wants, uh, my coworker picked up sushi. He goes, oh, would you like chopsticks? She goes, yeah. So he hands her a pack and goes, okay, would you also like a right set? She goes, what? (laughs) Give her a left (laughs) set of chopsticks. And he goes, I handed you a left set. Do you need the right ones? Oh, wow. Did she fall for it? She was just like. Huh? I'm like, oh, you get you get a little stupid when you're hungry. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> ouch! You laugh. Is it Tiffany? No, no, no. This person is like super hella smart. So when she gets hungry, she like gets down to my level. She, you know, it's lunchtime because she comes out of her office like this dazed, slightly crazy look in her eye, and I'm like, do you need food? So that's like how Tiffany goes from like, hey, it's a great day. It's gonna be a great day. You ready for a great day? To when are we going to lunch? I will eat your soul if you don't put food in front of me. Richard Gene Simmons. Richard Gene Simmons. So, Ashley, do you have a poison? I'm sure I do. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I guess it's just getting back in the swing of things from the holidays. Time off. Being all confuzzled. Holidays suck, but they <laughs> rock at the same time. <laughs> like, this is such a weird time of year. It's called being an adult. Yeah. As a kid, it's amazing. Once you have responsibilities that go along with it, it, I get it. Yeah. And just like time off and PTO and missed hours and all that. So and then you're playing catch up. Yes. And everyone's like, why isn't the project done in January? You're because like, no one worked in December. The office was closed for half of the month. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's fine. It's all good. Everything's fine. Not bitter. Drink your wine. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-mm. I'm not doing that on my medication. Oh, yeah. No, no that's me. That's yep. I'm making the drinking uh-huh. sounds. Or, yes. we, or nobody could make the drinking sounds because the sound of drinking is terrible. <laughs> so, Tiffany, what's your poison this week besides mouth noises? Mouth noises should be everybody's poison because they're awful. Actually, this week's poison is pretty good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's called drugs. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. 
Way to bring it down. Thanks, Rebecca. Jeez. It hasn't been Last a- week, I made her cry. This week, I may as well make her depressed. True. Wait. Nope. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Reel it back. I take it back. No. my. Uh, it's been a week and a half since my doctor's appointment, and they still haven't gotten authorization to give me my meds. But that's okay, because I have a therapy appointment set up for next week. Yay. So it'll be my first time in therapy since I was like, I don't know, 19? Wow. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Things are just kind of going well this week. Doesn't mean I don't have those like random bouts of like, why am I so sad? Everything's good. (laughs) Why am I so sad? Why is life this way? But it's fine. (laughs) Life is good right now. Well, why are sad? Why life? Exactly. But it's a good week and everything's wonderful and I'm actually really enjoying things. So yeah. And it's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new you. <gasps> that dude. Can, can, hold on. Look at my notes real quick, Rebecca. What does the first thing say? New year, new you, new memories. <laughs> it's a new year. It's a new you. Why not add some new memories? Question mark. Tiffany, what are you covering today? I am going to be covering organ memory. I did not think that Gan was going to follow the or. Or. <laughs> that was going to be something about orgasms. <laughs> Coming from Tiffany. It's a stretch, but I got it. I mean, it's not a stretch coming she from has, me. But. She has the organ, just not the isms. Nope, that's organism. <laughs> <laughs> She's the smart one. Thanks, Ravenclaw. Appreciate that. It still made you laugh. It True. Did. Actually, so what I'm really excited about when it comes to this topic is Ashley and I got to meet the parents this past yes, weekend. Yes, we did. My parents. Da, 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 da. It was Awesome. And we got to meet the youngest of Rebecca's siblings, and he is super cool. I get why he's the cool one. He is 15 years younger than me and cooler than I am. Yeah. A lot. Thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're sitting there meeting the parents, and it's a great time, and I'm impressed, or not impressed, what's the right word? So we're sitting there meeting the parents, <laughs> and... um it's going really well and I'm like oh I hope I put on a nice show for them and like they've already heard me on the podcast so they probably know that I'm a weirdo and they probably hate me but I'll try anyway and they were so sweet and they're huggers and Rebecca is not so I got really excited about that I think the truth was they were just like you know Becca (laughs) is spending a lot of time with these girls and they are twisted no no no, so we should probably meet them in case she disappears no their thought was Rebecca has friends fair what do they think that you just like change your voice and like add it in i mean i've not been tested for that but (laughs) multiple personality disorder and she just sits in her room and records by herself hey the ruse is up i gotta quit now (laughs) (laughs) you called yourself out but we're sitting there talking and your mom which your family kind of intimidates me because they're all so smart Mm -hmm. um we're so goofy though i know it's wonderful your mom was like you know what would be a great topic to cover there's this phenomenon where people who receive organ transplant, they get memories from the people who donated the organs. So weird. And I was like, dude, dude, I never plan ahead my topics. I didn't say dude to your mom. But it was like, you I, she said, it. dude it. <laughs> I was like, I never plan ahead my topics. I, like, I saw you get like super excited uh-huh. and then like ran back and you're like, oh, I'm actually planning to cover that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, the, nice cover. The, nice. Time, the time I plan out my, to- my subjects. Organ memory is one of them. And I was like, that's what I'm covering on Tuesday. Like, that is 
what what is going what is life what this is, great. is life <laughs> so i'm covering organ memory did you get my brain or something <laughs> <laughs> it's been gone a lot longer than this weekend it's fine true <laughs> so we're gonna be covering organ memory today I, I kind of gave you a brief synopsis of what it was, but let's jump into it. Dive on in. Dive on in. So it's a phenomenon observed when transplant recipients perceive memories or perceive personality traits that aren't theirs. So like if I got a heart transplant and it came from a 37-year-old man in Mississippi who enjoyed fishing, which I do not, <laughs> and all of a sudden I just wanted to go fishing all the time, that'd be considered organ memory. That would be considered weird. Or really, really weird. We'd probably be concerned about you at that point. Yes. Fair. Well, I'm more concerned about you at that point. We'd be concerned about you for different reasons <laughs> at that point. There we go. Yeah. So there are a couple different ways that people think about it. Um, you have organ memory where they think that the memories are stored in the individual organs. Body memory, which says that your entire body can store memories, not just the brain. Or cellular memory, where the theory is that the memories are contained within individual cells. So your body's like the hard drive and your brain is like the processor. Exactly. Yes. Okay. What she said. Uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and give you an example of one of the stories I found. So this story is... Uh, I'm not used to technology. All right. <laughs> David Waters, age 24, was suffering from stiffening of his heart ventricles and had only months to live when he finally received a new heart in 2006. It came courtesy of a 17-year-old, Caden Delaney, who had been left on life support following a car accident. Ooh. Aw. Yeah. He didn't recover, and in accordance with his wishes, his parents gave permission for his organs to be donated. They spent the following two years trying to make contact with people who had received his organs. When they finally managed to speak with David, they discovered quite an interesting development. For no reason that David could understand, since the operation, he had developed an intense liking for corn-based snack burger rings. They're, they're just onion rings. I think this is from, like, a place across the pond. Corn-based snack burger rings. Like Funyuns? Like Funyuns? Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or are they called onion rings? I was thinking onion rings, but Funyun makes more like sense. A yeah. corn-based snack. Like, onion rings are more of, like, a appetizer or a side than a snack. I guess since it said burger rings, I imagined, like, the onion rings you put on burgers. Right. Along with a fried egg. I really want a burger right now. <laughs> so he told Caden's uh, parents that it was the only thing he wanted to eat after his surgery. Caden's parents informed him that their son, in fact, loved those and they were one of his favorite snacks. David believed he gained this particular liking after the surgery, or from Caden, as he didn't have any desire to eat them before the transplant. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So see, when people are like, listen here, fatty, you don't need your snack of choice. And I'm like, no, no. My heart is literally telling me that I need Oreos. Uh-huh. Okay? Absolutely. You should try that next time. It's like, my heart is telling me that. It's literally. And if it wasn't, even if it wasn't in my body, it'd be telling somebody it needed Oreos. Exactly. My heart needs Oreos. My heart needs some Kraft mac and cheese right mm. now. The blue, blue box. box. We have to stop talking about food. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, so this is uh, this phenomenon is most common in heart transplants. Hmm. Uh huh. Question. Yes. Is that because heart transplants are the most common transplants, or that's just how that works? Organ memory just happens to occur more with heart transplants. Heart transplants aren't the most common. Okay. So I would say no. The most common, 
I have that. Hold on. Haha. Haha. Look at her being prepared. I would say it's probably like kidney or probably liver and kidney. Boom. Look at you. Who's the Ravenclaw now? Who's the bitch now? Who forgot to breathe two episodes ago? (laughs) I said now. (laughs) We're not talking two episodes ago, okay? Just because I need a lung transplant doesn't mean you should make fun of me for forgetting how to breathe, okay? Okay. Did you know that you can give a portion of your lung while still, you know, walking around living? Tiny lungs in a great big world. What am I trying to say here? There is something. We can carry on and then get to that point if that's a note, a bullet point later on. I'm just talking about my... Living donor. That's what it's called. You can be a living donor and give part of your lung. That's charitable of them. Well then. I don't think anyone wants my lungs, apparently. They forget how to function. (laughs) Truth. And they've had a lot of things pass through them in my life. All right. So heart transplants. So one of the things I found that I thought was interesting, reasons people think that memories could be stored in the heart, is your brain has the greatest number of neurons in your body. Yeah. Your heart has the second. uh, Words are hard today. How many times have I said that today? A lot. A lot. So brain is number one. Heart is number two. Heart is number two. Yes. Okay. So if cellular memory is a thing, the heart could host its own set of memories because you got all these neurons talking to each other. That's weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So another thing that I thought was kind of cool that is like your organs talking to your brain and being like receptors for things. That is how that works. Yes. So, well, I know I'm trying to make a case for organ memory. I'm okay. not really good f- to be the science Like You're doing a great job. Thanks. Okay. Keep up the good, good. work. So we're going to talk about our gut now. You get those gut reactions and you don't really like have time to process what's going on, but you just know what to do. Some people say that your stomach talking to your brain like that shows that your stomach has its own like... Help I, me out. I Karen. don't think you, that it's really where I'm going. called a gut reaction because is it really called a gut reaction because your stomach is talking to your brain? Well, whenever you your stomach sends and receives information to your brain, and well, when you yes. get like scared or nervous, like some people have stomach troubles. Like whenever I get nervous or anxious or fearful, I have to poop. So it's common knowledge. That's that's your colon. That's not your stomach. Your sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> Ebony has a wonky sphincter. Okay. <laughs> We are not putting that out into the world. That is that is not what it sounds like. Um, sorry. That that was the name of a band that Ashley and I were going to create mm-hmm. a really long time ago. It has nothing to do with my actual sphincter. <laughs> um, sorry. But yes, no, this is just something that somebody mentioned that I thought was kind of cool. Like if your stomach is sending all of these signals to your brain, why can't it? I feel like in theory host memories. memories. That's like a correlation versus causation argument. I feel like just because your stomach drop doesn't or you can feel your stomach drop when you're scared doesn't mean that it's the one sending signals to your brain. It just means it's the one going ah. Well, there is research. <laughs> there is research that suggest or that shows like if they interrupt that signal from your stomach to your brain and put you in a fearful or stressful situation, people seem to be less afraid or less anxious about it so there is something there with the tightness of your stomach or Mm -hmm. having to poop or vomit or Hmm. interesting i mean it is true like you think about it like if you get scared like everybody says your body tenses up but like for me i'm trying to think like my shoulders usually go up and then i can feel like my ab my abs (laughs) (laughs) 
you, you did. St- <laughs> well, you did me. say ab. <laughs> well, I just meant me having ab or abs in general. My gut, kind of yeah. clenches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we're just gonna like we're gonna go on to another story. Okay. That was just something I read that I thought was kind of interesting. It is. And I put it in there. All right. So now we're gonna talk about Claire Sylvia. She was a 47-year-old heart and lung recipient who was convinced that in addition to vital organs she received, she also got some of her donors' tastes. She said it was as if the memories were locked in his heart and lungs and consequently now flowed through her body. She told her, or when asked, she told a reporter that the first thing she wanted to do after the operation was, quote, I'm dying for a beer right now. This was strange to Claire, as she never enjoyed beer in the slightest. Over the coming days, she also found that she was experiencing cravings for foods that she'd never liked or even eaten before, such as green peppers, Snickers, and strangely, McDonald's chicken nuggets. Sounds like you had a healthy organ donor. Uh Uh-huh. None of this sounds like a problem so far. Right? (laughs) That's how I think. I'm like, man, I really want a Snickers. Also, whoever gets my organs, I'm sorry. I crave everything all the time. It's fine. She also began to experience strange dreams. She would see a thin young man who she believed was called Tim. Specifically, she had the words Tim L. in her mind when she had the dreams. By searching through local obituaries of the days leading up to her transplant, she came across Timothy Lamorand. I don't think that's the correct way to pronounce it. But anyway, he was an 18-year-old who died in a motorcycle accident on the same day as her transplant. He had been on his way home from a local McDonald's restaurant and had a bag of chicken nuggets in his jacket pocket when the doctors removed his clothing. Uh, she managed to track down Tim's family, whom she hadn't met before, and they confirmed to her that the cravings she were having were indeed all for favorite foods that he enjoyed, beer and all. She has remained in touch with Tim's family ever since. Weird. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So why is it so food-based? I mean, food takes up like 90% of my thoughts. So <laughs> same. <laughs> but it's just weird that like if it was your stomach, mm-hmm. maybe but, like your heart and your lungs make you crave Snickers. Didn't you like just say that I if know, somebody but got I'm your heart and Oreos? It's just weird that there's another case where they... Well, I have examples of ones where it's not just food. Like, okay. I thought you said you were going to love fishing. I mean, I might like fishing. I you doubt don't. it. But <laughs> That would be a strange happening. Mm-hmm. Happening? Happens to happen. Yep. Words are hard. <laughs> Let's start a podcast. I can't tell you how many times this week I've said that to her, or this week and last week. Um <laughs> Words are hard, or let's start a podcast. Oh, words are hard. Um, so there isn't much science to back up the <laughs> organ memory phenomenon. <laughs> having said that... I'm sorry, I'm not mocking you. Having said that, Rebecca, a long, long time ago, it was believed that the heart held the answers to everything. So thinking, like, we, we know that the brain holds all the memories now. But in the past, they were like, the heart does. The brain's useless. In fact, during mummif- mummification... The heart was not taken out of the body because they considered it the center of intelligence and feeling and it would be needed in the afterlife. But a long hook was used to smash Mm -hmm. the brain and pull it out through the nose. Well, sort of. They'd stick it up the nose and they like whisk it around to make like a brain 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 stirring. And then they'd drain it out through the nose. This is the second time we've talked about brain stirring today. Did you talk about no fourth time I've talked about brain stirring today. You wonder why your coworkers are scared of you. Well, two of the times were with my coworkers. That's it's what their I fault. 
They continue to bring it up. Once I expanded my knowledge of murder and brain stirring and blood spatter, it they just come. I'm just a fountain of wisdom at work now. So brain brain stirring. <laughs> Egyptians. Hearts. Yeah. So if everybody a long time ago believed the heart was everything, and we now think the brain holds all this information, who's to say generations down they're going to look back at us and say, oh, that was kind of cute, but it's in all actually... Toe. In all actuality, in all actuality, it's in the hosted in the cells. They carry all the memories, so it's not too far fetched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that explains why you slowly mo- lose memories as you grow up because your, your cells are, being are dying. Oh, ooh. and why your cravings change? <gasps> Ravenclaw, Becca, Becca welcome like- back. <laughs> Becca is in the house, ladies and germs. Hi guys. Sometimes I'm useful. Sometimes. Uh, and that's a, that mm, yeah cool huh all right so i'm gonna give you another story 17 year old amy tippins developed a sudden craving and i promise it's not just about food and liking for hamburgers following her successful liver transplant in 1993 she also suddenly developed a deep sense of moral and civil civic duty how old was she 17 okay and an appreciation for a community at large that wasn't the strangest thing she noticed, however. She seemed to have new abilities as well. She could fly. Yes. Um, <laughs> she noticed that she would wander into hardware stores without realizing what she was doing. Also, she had knowledge of a whole range of complex do-it-yourself skills and was physically able to she carry them out. She became Ron Swanson. She did. Give me all the bacon and eggs you have. I know more than you. All right. <laughs> so. I couldn't think of a Ron Swanson quote. <laughs> Amy had suffered from acute liver disease, which led to her requiring a new liver. She managed to arrange a meeting with the donor's family and learned that he was a former U.S. Marshal named Mike James. His family stated that hamburgers were one of his favorite foods, but perhaps most importantly to Amy, they said that he loved to work with his hands and had undertaken several building projects at home before his death. His family also told her that his goal in life was to always help and protect other people. Amy believes that through the liver transplant, she has absorbed some of Mike's personality and sense of duty as well as some of his skills. That's pretty cool. That's incredibly useful. Right? There's two types of people. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca's like, I could gain so much more knowledge if I could just get my hands on somebody's liver. (laughs) (laughs) I need a liver, but not for that reason. Like, what's that uh, quote by Tina Fey? Why do I have to have a heart and a liver? Can I just have two livers? That way I can drink more. I butchered that. I can't cut that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think you should keep it. (laughs) Especially with the I can cut that. Remember, you have a Gandhi card that you get to pull on us because we left that one in. Use it wisely. I will save that one for when it's really needed. (laughs) I'm really glad you didn't make me pull it on it on the uh, I forgot to breathe thing. Oh, whatever. I don't care. I forgot to breathe. Shit happens. Go to your doctor, ladies and gents. <laughs> There's a lot of functions that my body has to do on a regular basis, okay? That's true. If it drops the ball every now and then on breathing, it's fine. It's doing a lot of other it shit. It picked back up. Well, we don't have to go into details right now about me forgetting to breathe. I'm really paranoid about, like, breath noises in the microphone, so I catch myself holding my breath sometimes. And I then appreciate just, like... that because I hate the sound of people breathing in microphones. Rebecca, don't do it. So far, there have been more than 70 documented cases of recipients taking on personality traits from their donors. Hmm. 70? 70. Wow. But I think they've only been doing transplants in the U.S. since, like, 
1988. I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's a more recent thing, but and they're only able to do it certain organs first. So, Tiffany, are you a transplant? Am I a transplant? All of her? No. You were However, born in 88. Oh, that's not how that works. I mean... They could have just been like, take that one, and they put that one, and then boom. they They Frankensteined her together. <gasps> I love Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> That's like her favorite book character of all time. Ah, yes. <clears throat> I am honored. <laughs> so, all right. Some people think that this is just people like the trauma of having an organ transplant. Bitches be tripping. And the anti-rejection drugs that you're on cause like hormonal imbalances. So a lot of people say that's why people experience these changes. See, that was the question I had because I know, well, I, I don't know. I've heard when people are pregnant, they can crave some weird stuff. Yes. Yes. So the fact, <laughs> the fact that the meds you have to take so your body doesn't reject the new thing. Yeah. So it makes sense to think of it like that. And maybe these are just coincidences right. that people but start But even liking. like you're saying these people like as soon as they woke up though. Yeah. So they didn't really have a chance to be on the medications, which I don't know how transplant works. I'm sure they have to take medicine before and yeah. stuff if possible. Yeah. But. Well, let's assume that that is the case. It's the anti-rejection drugs. It's the trauma of going through an organ transplant and, you know being told that you're probably going to die unless you get this and then getting it it's a roller coaster of emotions but what about the memories like how do we account for this let me give you a story real quick and then you guys tell me if you can explain this away ravenclaw you ready i'm ready because i'm just gonna be like wow (laughs) an eight-year-old girl who received the heart of a murdered 10-year-old girl began having reoccurring dreams of an actual murder the dreams were so vivid and intense that the girl was taking to a psychiatrist who said because of how vivid they were she would guess that the girl was actually recounting a real incident. After going through and detailing what was going on in her dreams, they contacted the police and they were able to provide like the time, the weapon, the place, the clothes worn by the murderer and what the little girl said to him. And it ended up leading to the arrest and conviction of the murderer of the 10-year-old girl. Wow. I told you I was going to be like, wow. That's crazy. Because she was able to provide details of the case that weren't released to the public. and Yeah, but how would that arrest someone, though? Well, she was able to she call. She saw the murder, and the girl that was murdered obviously couldn't tell them who did it. That couldn't hold up in a court of law, though. There's no way. Unless they went and investigated somebody because of what she said and then traced it back and found out that he did it. Like, I can see it leading to finding new evidence. Well, which would which which would lead to the that's weird, that's insane. Yeah, and that's sad, and that's scary. Could you imagine? I have a lot of emotions right now. (laughs) I can't even. I can't even. Uh -uh. Wine. Wine. I have it. Thank you. (laughs) No, that's insane. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I think it's super crazy, and I can't explain that one away. There's another one that I think is really cool that we're going to be getting to. Huzzah! I like stories. I do too. I, that's why I wanted to like sprinkle them in like magic, like salt bay. Litter. I don't like salt bay. What do you have against salt bay? I don't know. I think it's because I don't internet much, and when I did, that's okay, all Chris. I saw for a while. God, I love Chris. Chris Grimmett. Chris Grimmett. Uh, is yeah. this adulting? He doesn't. He does not internet. <laughs> he does not internet. Which the only time I internet is to post pictures of my cute baby. So and to research. <laughs> yeah, but that's a whole different. You don't social media. 
I don't social media well, and even whenever Cheers. I internet for research, it's... To be fair, I'm convinced that your lack of social media-ing is linked to your phone not being able to phone. That's, that is a fair assessment. <laughs> and being a mom. Yeah. The phone happened before the mom thing. True. Yeah. So anyway, there were these two <laughs> studies that were performed. The first one, which let me just go ahead and say, because I know it's going to come up, with Little Miss Ravenclaw, these studies have a lot of bias to them. You don't say. So they It's not can, like you can do a double-blind study for memories. True. There, There's a lot that can be said about these that would kind of discredit them, but I thought they were interesting, and one of them will lead to another story. So we're just going to talk about them. But I acknowledge that there is a lot of bias. The first uh, study interviewed 47 patients who had received heart transplants over a two-year time frame. It was found that 79% of patients did not feel that their personality changed post-surgery, 15% experienced a change in personality due to the life-threatening event, and 6% did confirm a drastic change in their personality due to the new heart. Having said that, 6% is only three patients out of 79 patients. That's not a very large pool of again with everything else that happened around that time also depending on how they assess that could lead people to making that assumption i'd be interested to know the ages of these people too because i feel like younger people that had to have transplants would be more likely to take on feel like you know that's why things have changed Mm -hmm. versus people older people that are already kind of set in their ways and so i don't have the ages for this study but the second study rebecca's gonna roll her eyes hard at this one even i rolled my eyes at this one focused on 10 patients who'd received heart transplants from the ages of seven months to 65. That's quite a spec, a seven months old having to have a heart transplant. And found found two to five parallels per patient post-surgery in relation to the donor's history. How do they assess that for a seven month old? That was my exact question. And there was like a story about a three-year-old in there and taking on the person. Is this like an albulic thing? Like, no, no, (laughs) but the, there are so few, in comparison to the amount of transplants done, there are so few people who have this organ memory phenomenon that to find correlations in all 10 is, I'm like, mm, I question that. And to include a seven-month-old and a three-year-old in your study and say there are correlations. Right. Mm. Yeah. That's when you're forming your personality. But I included it because the parallels that were observed in the study were changes in preferences in food, music, art, recreational, career, and sexual preferences, in addition to name and association sensory experiences. So I thought that was cool, and I have a story that goes along with the sexual preference change. Okay, I was just about to ask, like, how in-depth that went. Yes. So the donor was a 19-year-old woman, or yeah, the donor was a 19-year-old woman killed in an automobile accident. The recipient was a 29-year-old lesbian woman diagnosed with chronic heart disease. The donor's mother said that the daughter was the most loving girl in the world. She owned and op- operated her own health food restaurant and always got on to her about not being a vegetarian. The mom did. Yeah, the mom was explaining this about her daughter. So the, sorry, the daughter owned and operated. Sorry. All right, rewind. The donor's mother said that the daughter was a loving girl who owned and operated her own health food restaurant and always got onto the mom about not being a vegetarian. Uh, She was a great kid. Wild, but great. She was into the free-loving thing and had a different man in her life every few months. She was able to write some notes to the recipient. No, I read that wrong. She was able to write some notes to the mom when she was dying. 
She was so out of it, but she kept saying how she could feel the impact of the car hitting them. She said that she could feel it going all the way through her body. All right, so this is what she was writing to her mom. The recipient said that since the transplant, a couple of things have happened to her. Almost every night, she says she felt the impact of the car accident hitting her chest, even though the doctors could find nothing wrong with her. Secondly, she all of a sudden hates meat. She said that she was McDonald's biggest moneymaker, and now it makes her want to throw up. Something more is now she's engaged to be married, even though she was a lesbian before, she's not attracted to women anymore, and she has absolutely no desire to be with them. She said she thinks she got a gender transplant as well as a heart transplant. Because <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> so. So she thinks that she's a gay man now instead of a lesbian woman. I mean, to kudos. each their own. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. But that one I thought was really cool because that's not something you can just like say all of a sudden, hey, I'm going to be straight. So we're going to throw in one last story just for the fun of it. What's the story? Morning glory. So in 2008, Sonny Graham, age 69, took his own life. Let's start that over. <laughs> you know, you're really struggling selling these stories because me and Rebecca both start leaning in and listening and then you're like, eh, bleh, let's rewind. Start over. <laughs> it's like the Philly experiment. You have to come in. <laughs> well, what I did was I took these stories from, obviously I didn't like write these myself. I took these stories from sources and um, some of them started with the ending and that is one of them. Ah. <laughs> So, Sonny Graham received a heart transplant in 1995. No. Okay, I was right. We're going to start at the beginning. Let's just see in. Would you like a drink break? Can we get a drink break, Rebecca? Can you mix something up for us? I'll mix something up for us. My name is Aaron Corbett, and I want to let you know about my show called Your Three Stories Podcast. We produce weird and funny audio drama stories in series of three. Here are a few examples of what you will hear. The first clip is from our Financial Crisis series and is called The Search for Gold. In this story, three treasure hunters dig for more than they bargained for. Sam, is there any sort of curse we should be worried about with this treasure? Some treasures have evil curses attached to them, and people look for the treasure and end up dying. You didn't say anything about there being a curse, Sam. How could you do this to us, Sam? There is no curse. Are you sure? Maybe this treasure carries a curse, but since nobody found it, then nobody knows about the curse. We could be the first to die. Our second example is from our Technical Difficulties series and is called Super Secret Super Soldier. Charlotte Drake, a brilliant scientist, attempts to create a super soldier for the United States government, only to find out that not everything goes as planned. Project Nightcrawler is a complete success. Look, he's getting up. He can't even stand. His leg just fell off. Also, that back on after lunch. Everyone be quiet. He's going to say his first words. You can listen to more at our website, www.your3stories.com, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back. We're back, and I have my story straight. In hindsight... (laughs) probably shouldn't done this should not have done this story last because then i'm gonna like try and sell people on donating their organs 
Oh, well, we'll roll with it and see how it goes. In 2008, Sonny Graham, age 69, took his own life by shooting himself in the throat. He'd received a heart transplant in 1995. Aside from being tragic, his death was very strange since the person whose heart he'd been given, Tommy Cottle, killed himself in the exact same way. Perhaps even stranger was that Sonny had even married Cottle's wife, Cheryl, in 2004 after they'd been dating for several years. The faces you two are giving me. So Cheryl's wife, or Cheryl's husband died. The recipient of the Cheryl's heart. Cheryl's husband committed suicide. Yes. The recipient of his heart, somehow they got in contact and something sparked and they hit it off. And nine years later, they got married. And then four years later, he killed himself in the exact same way. So Sonny, who'd never displayed such dark tendency before, met Cheryl after getting in touch with her several years after the transplant, wanting to express his sincere gratitude. The pair, who were almost 30 years apart in age, fell deeply in love soon after they agreed to meet. To most, they appeared happy with friends describing Sonny as a good man and the sort of person who would gladly help someone he didn't even know. Sonny and Cheryl had even talked about their experiences at donor recipient conventions and fundraisers. Cheryl was a murderer. That's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah. 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 She did yeah. it. Cheryl did it. Yeah. Case closed. Done deal. All good. So what's your I'm message good, for sorry. the episode, Tiffany? So despite that weird story that I should not have... Now I understand why I had that in the middle because I just rearranged my notes before we started. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do that. But beyond that one, the rest of them were all pretty light and fluffy stories of Oregon memory. And that one just... That one was just Cheryl is fishy. Cheryl is fishy. But not my mother whose name is also Cheryl. She's a well, saint. And Sunny and Cher... Roll. Thank you. Like, <laughs> that alone was caught me off guard. Hmm. And yeah, she well. married a guy that was 30 years older than him, and then after her... Wait, how then, do you know he was 30 years older than her? Because he just told us. No, there was a 30-year age gap. Because he was that's 69 when he took his life. Was she 99? You don't know her? She... Look, she could be a very sassy, murderous 99-year-old. I... I'm sure... There are active elderly out there. 99? Yeah. I had a great aunt who died at 104, and she would, like, before she died, she was still going out for, like, walks. and. Yeah, I had a great grandma that passed away when she was 102 and did water aerobics every day, but I hope to God she wasn't getting it on with a guy 30 years no. younger than her. There was no, no, nothing no. said about getting it on. You can have an emotional connection and not a physical. Can you, Tiffany? Uh, not me, but <laughs> some people can. I would be very uh, taken aback. If she was 30 years senior. and that's... You are not taken aback by the idea of organ memory, but you are taken aback by an active 99-year-old. We have our limits. Okay. Cool. Do you guys I'm not think ca- there's any validity to organ memory or cell mem- memory or body memory? I think there could be. I think there should be better studies that include more than six well, people. Well, now, <laughs> here's a question. How do you study this? That's you, you a don't. hard one. But you do it with more than 10 people. Fair. And, you know, ideally 10 and up. There was a study with 74 people. Was it 74? Something like that. <laughs> I study my notes. I think there could be some validity to it. I mean, and not necessarily so much as how it's portrayed, but when a body is used to processing the same thing consistently and going through the same thing consistently and then gets put in a new body, it's like, hold on. 
I'm missing something here. I mean, it's like when you're low on iron and you crave certain foods or stuff like, you know, potassium or whatever. Your body knows what it needs. And then if it goes into a body that's been functioning differently for X amount of years and the organ is used to having something then it may be sending signals to your brain like, hey, And wait maybe a that's why there are so many food craving. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting it. I just haven't been given enough information to go, yes, that's a thing. Well, something that I heard in one of the podcasts I was listening to that I thought was interesting is like, we may not have a chance to study this for too long because they're 3D, they're testing out 3D printed things like organs and everything to transplant into people. So if that becomes a thing, like, there will be no organ memory. Well, whole hand transplants also recently just became a thing, too. Mm-hmm. Hand transplants? Yeah. Can I get a skinnier one? Um, <laughs> I don't think that's how that works, honey. I've got little chubby baby hands. <laughs> <laughs> Question about, since we're talking about hand transplants, there's not much scientific evidence behind organ memory or cell memory, but there also isn't much to explain, like, the phantom limb experience like where people have their arm amputated but they still have like pains in their left arm that's no longer there well it kind of makes sense i think that's just like the nerve is cut off at a certain point and it's used to having yeah but they like some people experience like they say they feel like they've got like somebody stabbing them in the wrist and it's not there or like they feel like somebody's tickling their arm and i mean i guess it could be the nerves but it it makes sense because like you still have the nerves going yeah. through your arm yeah. they just happen to end where yeah and i the feel like is. if it's especially people that are like not amputate like full amputees mm-hmm. like people that lose like from half a calf down or something like that those nerves are just completely severed in the middle you know and i feel like that could completely throw off i mean just it's Im- like did you ever have phantom kicks after you had baby yes. girls. And it's the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah. So it's like you still feel like there's a baby in your belly. I mean, I'm not been... discounting it. I'm just saying like if we don't have like a full answer for it, maybe there's not a full answer. Yeah, for but itself. we have a slightly better answer for phantom limb than we do True. for memory. I I think it's something that could be a thing. Like I don't – I think it's possible. Well, especially majority if not – well, not all, but majority of transplants are, like, blind transplants. You don't know who they're coming from. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the fact that you could just randomly pick up on things that core like, there's got to be mm-hmm. something there, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's, and it can't even be mind over matter, not mind over matter. Well, it's not like, well, there, okay, there was one thing I heard that I thought was really cool. Um, there's one theory out there that, your subconscious picks up on things so like if you're in the middle of surgery you're knocked out and the doctor is talking to um the nurses while they're doing the transplant and he's like you know it's so tragic that you know this kid died so young in the motorcycle accident and da da da. and then you wake up and you're like man i really want to ride a motorcycle like, yeah I like- but I, I highly don't they're like it's so tragic that this kid died so young in a motorcycle accident and is never going to get to have beer or chicken nuggets again fair (laughs) that's why i didn't include it in my notes but i thought it was an interesting because yeah i mean that could definitely play a factor and then like with the girl oh to an extent the girl that pictured the murder you know if somehow she heard about but even then i don't even think that the doctors really know oh yeah no that she she mentioned things about the case that 
But I'm saying, like, I don't think the doctors really know the oh, case no. of, especially, no offense to doctors out there, God bless you for what you do. Like, the doctors don't do half of that stuff. The doctor comes in and does the surgery. There's people upon people upon people well, to process that everything up like, to that point. Whenever the organs are harvested, there's only a limited amount exactly. of time. There's no time for the doctor to be like, oh, I heard about this Well, case give me a rundown news, of who uh, we got this yeah. from. So. Yeah, they don't. Put it bluntly, they don't care. They want to no. save a life at that point. They're like, this exactly. looks healthy. Let's swap this out. Plug and go. Yep. Just kidding. It's a lot more complicated. Oh. It, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I want to think that it's real because that's Me fascinating. Me too. I figure if I can believe in ghosts, even though they freak me out, I could believe in organ memory or cell memory. There has I'm, to be something. I'm more on the fence or on the side of like cellular memory. Yeah. Because I don't think that the it's heart the is gonna host yeah right so but anyway i think it's cool i think it's fascinating having said that i did want to take this opportunity do a little pluggy here and um if this is not your jam i'm not like pushing it on you but i am going to give you some information because i think it's very important if you are not registered to be an organ donor you can go to organdonor.gov and register it's very easy and it is super 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 valuable yes mm-hmm. absolutely i'm going to give you a couple facts about from americantransplantfoundation.org about organ donation almost 115,000 people in the united states are currently on the waiting list for a life-saving organ transplant another name is added to the national transplant waiting list every 10 minutes And on average, 20 people die every day from the lack of available organs from transplants. Our deceased donors can save up to eight lives through organ donation and can save and enhance more than 100 lives through life-saving and healing gifts of tissue donation. A healthy person can become a living donor by donating a kidney or part of the liver, lung, intestines, blood, or bone marrow. Side note, my dad tried to donate a kidney but found out he had kidney stones and wasn't able to, but... He went through the process all the way up to selecting, or like yeah. they ma- paired him with somebody, and he went up there and met her family. And when they found out he couldn't, they were both devastated and lots of tears shed. It was heartbreaking. But last note: since you can be a living donator by a donator, wow, hi, a living donor by donating a kidney or part of a liver. Just a side note: liver and kidney disease kills over 120,000 people each year, more people than Alzheimer's, breast cancer, or prostate cancer. So by just like saying somebody can have stuff you're not using after you die, you could potentially, one person could save up to eight lives. Right. So, And don't be, if you're not the quote unquote healthiest person out there and you think like I made a joke about nobody would want my organs, you don't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if somebody has a heart that is completely hardened and they have hours left to live, your heart is better than what they've got. So well, you don't know what they're going to be able to use from you. That so, and like if your liver is shot, sure, your liver shot, but your kidney's fine. Exactly. Like you, you may not necessarily save eight people, well, but you could save one or two. Like you said, there's blood donation, there's tissue donation, mm-hmm. you can donate, I mean, people, you can, you you can donate your donate eyes. You can donate corneas, yeah. Yeah, like. so there are so many different things, and all it takes is literally you signing up saying that you authorize somebody to Or use next it. time you go get your license renewed, right? check a box. Check a box. And then you can haunt someone. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, sweet. All right, well, there's our selling point, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I totally agree, and I'm an organ donor. 
I'm an organ donor. I am too. Because I'm not going to use it. Mm -hmm. So, and especially hearing stories about like the young kids and people that have their whole lives ahead of them and Mm -hmm. something that you're not going to miss when you're gone could make a huge impact in more than one person's life. Yeah. So there's our spiel. There's our cell. And I just cheers to you. Sorry. Um, Cheers to the organ donors out there. Cheers to the organ donors. And the soon-to-be organ donors for those of you who didn't know it was an easy-peasy option before this. Organdonor.gov. Is it organ donor or organ donation? Hold on. Let me pull my notes back up. Did you close your laptop? (laughs) I closed my laptop. Google it. You're fine. (laughs) Right? Or check a box when you renew your license. It'll be on the blog. I'll put it there. (laughs) Boom. There we go. So, yeah. That's my story. That's a good story. Mm. I'm intrigued. I enjoyed it a lot. I am skeptical. I wonder if someone's going to get my organ and be like, hmm, I want to eat Oreos and start a podcast. Hmm, I want to ghost hunt. Organdonor.gov. Boom. Dot edu. Dot gov. Dot. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends. (laughs) Good story, Tiff. Thank you. All right, friends. That's not how it goes. You threw me off. It's remember, friends. Well, bitch, you left off this week in our intro it threw off my i've done that a couple times i know and it throws off my like silently mouthing dancing routine i have remember friends you don't have to be stuck with the same best friend for 20 years (laughs) (laughs) just don't start a podcast with them And everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com. Or you can email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Keep it strange, lovelies. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Organdonor.gov Organdonor.gov